Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Unprotected Sets captures the energy of a live comedy show and brings it directly to your ears. Part stand-up, part interview. You'll get an inside scoop into the tragically funny lives and minds of rising star comics. Real, raw, and funny. It's Unprotected Sets. Hello! Hi! I'm the Mormon one. How Mormon am I? Very. I have a bad case of the Mormonism. My coffee is a little underwhelmed. I had three sips of my friend's cold brew and then I just shit for 24 hours. <laughs> Are y'all kidding me? You you guys never shut up about coffee. Never once. And they were like, don't talk to me until I've had my morning diarrhea. Please don't. I had never, I never, I was 30 years old, I'd never had a single sip of alcohol. Yeah, never. And then one day, my wife left me, and it just felt like time. It felt, it's like if you're not going to start drinking when your wife leaves you, when are you going to start drinking? This is it, man. So I did. I, I, I started drinking, and guess what? I fucking loved it! So good! So good. Alcohol has already done more for me than religion ever did. Also great, blowjobs. Mormon God's been holding a lot of stuff back. This, I got my first blowjob when I was 30 years old and I giggled the entire time. I am Jessa Reed and I am a stand-up comedian. And I have a tendency to overshare. I came from the wrong side of the tracks, which is kind of a theme throughout my life. Other kids didn't really like me. I spent a lot of time alone. That is when my relationship with comedy began. I escaped into fantasy worlds in my head. I would watch stand-up comedy, I watched sitcoms and pretend that that was my life and that I lived in those families. I learned to use humor as a way to protect myself. I have taken the power out of these things that hurt because I'm laughing at them and I got you to laugh at them. And that's what comedy is for me. Are you guys ready for our next comic? <laughs> we got a great show for you guys tonight. You guys ready, San Diego? So I'm a mom. I've got four kids. Yeah, I feel the same. If you know anything about kids, four kids is three kids too many. 
They're a pretty decent spread, though. The oldest is uh, 24. Don't try to figure out how old I am. Uh, 16-year-old stepson, and then the younger two are seven and three. It's a pretty decent spread. It'd be perfect if I could just, like, trade the three-year-old in. Not even for a different kid, just her, not three. Because three is the worst age. Yeah, right? Right? The worst. It's also the cutest age, but I feel like that's just nature's way of making sure you don't put them in the oven. <laughs> Three's really when they start talking, and then they just never shut up right. again. <laughs> and I've at least had enough of them now to know that I don't have to listen. When you have your first kid, you have all these dumb ideas in your head, like you want to be a good parent, but like now I had enough of them. They don't give a shit. They're not talking to you to communicate anyway. They're just talking to you so that they can wear you down so they can turn you into an idiot so that you will hand them shit. That's it. It's brilliant. Imagine if this worked for us, you could just follow your boss around and be like, can I have a raise? 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 And he just like panic and write you a check so you get out of his face. What was the CIA doing? Waterboarding? Who gives a shit? Send a team of three-year-olds down to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> You'd have caught that motherfucker in 2002. Where's Osama? 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 He'd have been like, white flag, get your boss in here. Tell her to bring the big notebook. I got lots of fucking shit to tell her. I'll draw her a map, show her the secret Facebook group. I'll convert to Christianity to shut these fucking kids up. <laughs> Weird having your kids so far apart. My oldest was 15. I had her when I was a teenager. She's 15 when I started having more kids, which is kind of like, I recommend if you can go back in time and pop one off when you're a teenager, I recommend it because then you always have a free babysitter for date night. Because <laughs> you just ground them. You don't even have to know what they did. They did something. Just like ask them to confess and then be immediately offended when they don't and be like, all right, fine. If you don't want to tell me, I'm not going to dignify this with this conversation. Don't wait up. Pizza money's on the fridge. When I was a little kid, I knew I was going to be a star. Like I would sign people's autographs as soon as I could write my name. I would just tell people I'm going to be a star one day. I knew it. I didn't know I was going to be a comedian. I thought I'd be an actress or something. My mother was a drug addict. My mom was addicted to what later became meth. It was crank. She didn't know how to connect with me and couldn't connect with me because she was high. I really honestly believed that I was not wanted. Living with her, I was exposed to a lot of things at an early age. By the time I was about 10, I had smoked my first cigarette. I learned what sex was. First time I drank, I was about 15. I smoked weed shortly after that for the first time. I was 16 when I got pregnant and got married. That marriage was such a disaster. I was about 21 when I found out that I was good at stand-up. I got on stage and did a set and crushed. This was one of the first moments in my life where I started to see myself through my own eyes and not society's eyes. And my husband said, yeah, this was cute and everything, but like, no wife of mine is gonna be a stand-up comedian. And I was like, all right, you wanna keep the cat? And that was that. So I went out on the road a lot. I was on a great trajectory, but there was just a longing to self-destruct. I was disillusioned, so I started to do math. Things got rough. I was fucked up every single day. 
I left my daughter with family and didn't see her for five years. I quit comedy within a couple weeks. Hey, how'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was a meth head. I didn't grow up meth head. I became a meth head on accident. Well, I tried it on accident. I would never try it on purpose. I'm not a scumbag. I thought it was Coke. And I thought it was Coke because the guy that gave it to me told me it was Coke. And what kind of world are we living in if you can't trust a stranger giving you drugs? I was at a gig in Montana, which, whatever, went in Rome. And I asked the bartender after the show for a line of white because, this is a Jessa Reed life hack, uh, if you do a bump of coke at the end of the night of drinking, you won't have a hangover the next day. <laughs> Fuck your little ibuprofen and water. Uh, but don't do this in Montana. Cause then I go in the back and I do the line and then the back of my head catches on fire. <laughs> and I was like, what kind of Montana bullshit is this? I yelled at him. I was like, I don't even think you roofie right, idiot. <laughs> Just a roofie girl so you could fuck them, not so they can help you take apart your microwave. <laughs> He's like, I didn't roofie you, you just asked me for this. I was like, I asked you for a line of white, like Coke. He said, you were at a pool hall in Butte, Montana. <laughs> we don't have your fancy city drugs here. <laughs> Here's the problem though, uh, meth's fucking great. So then I just did meth for the next six years. <laughs> Strangest pivot my life has ever taken. I was just trying to do a bump at the club so I could learn how to line dance or whatever the fuck they do in Montana. <laughs> now I'm alone in my hotel room shaving off my eyebrows and shit. <laughs> I spend all the money I make on prepaid phone cards so I can call back home and let everyone know like, hey, I found the secret to happiness and it's meth, who knew? <laughs> They're all just hanging up on me. I was so happy and no one was happy for me. And then I just got belligerent. Like, well, this is who I am now. So if you can't take me at my Montana crankiest, <laughs> you don't deserve me when my teeth fall out. <laughs> it's just 27 months later. Oh, don't feel bad for me. Teeth suck, listen. Uh, teeth are bullshit. Don't believe the dental lobby. Get your teeth taken out. It's fucking amazing. Some of my opinions are a little unconventional. I don't ever have to go to the dentist again. You know how bad the dentist sucks? I never have to have a toothache. I just go in once every five years and trade them in and sign a new contract like it's a fucking cell phone. I don't ever have to get them whitened. If they start to get dingy from drinking coffee, I just throw them in the dishwasher. They're like, bling. I haven't jerked anybody off since I got dentures. <laughs> That's actually an urban legend. Look, I'm here to myth bust the gummer. Uh, 
Every time I mention having dentures on stage, there's always at least one dude afterwards that comes up and he's like, uh, hey, that's a fantasy of mine. And I'm like, well, your fantasy's gross. You're gross. It's impractical, first of all. You can't even get suction because there's too much extra space in your mouth and the sounds are terrible. It sounds like slapping a head of wet lettuce into a baseball mitt. So that runs its course in about six years. I, I decided to get clean. I moved to the East Coast to be with my dad's side of the family. A little neighborhood out of the side of Philly called Delaware. <laughs> where comedy careers go to die. <laughs> and I have to go to like 12-step meetings or whatever, but like they don't have meth in Delaware. Which is probably best in the long run. <laughs> but this meant that I had to like be friends and like be in recovery with people who were addicted to heroin and shit. I was like, ew, heroin. That's no way to live. I know meth is a weird thing to be self-righteous about, but have you ever seen anyone on heroin? They make it look like a bad time. I was intrigued though, so I asked my new junkie friends, like, hey, what's the appeal of that shit? I mean, don't sell me too hard, I just got my driver's license back. And according to them, when it's really good, you'll throw up, and the whole point is to nod out, which is some kind of weird code for take a nap. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, well, that's the flu. <laughs> Y'all are out here paying money for the flu? You want the flu? Just put your kids in daycare. <laughs> Get that shit three times a month. I got clean, I got married, I moved to suburbia. Now that's a weird paradigm shift going from the criminal underbelly of the meth world to suburbia with like people who've always been in suburbia with their made up problems, always trying to tell me they're addicted to shit. I had a lady at hot yoga try to convince me that she was addicted to exercise. I was like, yeah, I feel like you just don't know what that word means. She goes, no, listen, I'm like dead serious. If I don't make it here to at least do cardio, I like literally freak out. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that sounds rough. <laughs> so like ballpark, how many dicks have you sucked to score some exercise? Hey, howdy do y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I did meth for five and a half years. My addiction had gotten out of control. My family spent several Christmases thinking I was dead, and then I would pop up and like steal something from my mom's house, and she would know I was alive at least. Also, I had a lot of guilt about my daughter. I don't think I was capable of loving another human being because I didn't love myself. One night, I got pulled over. I was high and was like swerving enough that I got field sobriety tested. I thought about it and realized I needed to get sober. At 28, I quit drugs. 
after that. I had healed a bunch of broken parts of myself. There was a moment where I remember thinking, you're not a shitty parent, you're just high. And in that moment, I realized that my mom probably loved me. The moment I got sober, I felt all of that love and attachment that a parent feels that I had never felt for my daughter. And suddenly I was very aware that I had a child on this planet and that I was separated from her. My relationship with my daughter now is phenomenal. I had gotten sober and I found some headshots up in the attic. And I just had this flash of my kid coming across these and finding out that I used to do stand-up comedy. And then I said yes to doing a recovery show and I crushed. And so I got back into stand-up. I felt like this is where I feel comfortable. This is a world I feel like I belong in. And then I met Aaron. Whatever planet I accidentally got dropped off from, he's from the same one. And... Are you guys a couple? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a couple. Aaron and I met at Big Sky Comedy Festival. We immediately felt connected. I uh, was helping her become more vulnerable, and she was helping me uh, deprogram from all this stuff that religion had taught me to be ashamed of. We have a podcast called Mormon and the Meth Head about the similarities between leaving Mormonism and re-entering society and leaving meth addiction and re-entering society. It's been uh, fantastic. Love being a mom. <laughs> Gotta pepper those in there, this is gonna be on TV. When you have little kids, your whole job is just to keep them from killing themselves. They're on a 24-7 suicide mission. <laughs> Sticking shit in electrical sockets, drinking paint, running out in the streets. <laughs> You're like a glorified security guard. Then later they become a teenager, young adult. Your primary objective becomes teaching them how to be a good person. <laughs> Never really been my strong suit. I'm a teenage mom turned meth addict turned comedian. I don't really think I should be handing out life advice. <laughs> I'm also not a hypocrite, which I always thought was like a great quality. I thought we didn't want to be hypocrites, but you have a teenager in your house, you better be a fucking hypocrite. You better have a firewall in your mind between the memories of all the cool shit you did when you were a teenager <laughs> and all the lame shit you're telling them to do, but I never got that filter. Any filter, obviously. I just keep blurting out my own disgusting life experience and then instantly regretting it. She got dumped in high school and was like, Mom, what did you do the first time a guy broke your heart? And I was like, I just fucked his dad. <laughs> So I homeschool. I'm always waiting for that to end in a fucking CPS call. Seriously, please call CPS. I was actually forced to homeschool because a seven-year-old is gifted. I know that sounds so pretentious. Trust me, I'm not bragging. I'm complaining. Having a kid that's smarter than you fucking sucks. I haven't won an argument since she was in diapers. It's like having an app on your phone that reminds you three times a day that you only got your GED. <laughs> she taught herself how to read when she was four years old. Everyone else was super impressed. I thought it was a dick move. 
three weeks before Christmas, and now I can't spell out any secrets about presents or Santa because I got Doogie Hauser over here with her fucking decoder ring. <laughs> so she just started reading, and I tried to text an invitation to my ex-husband to come hang out in the other room. She's like, Mommy, why are you asking Daddy if he wants bangs? <laughs> Boys don't have bangs. I was like, yeah, nobody has bangs since you and your sister were born. Because you're C-O-C-K-B-L-O-C-K-E-R-S's. That's my time. Thank you so much. all these reasons for why I should never do stand-up again. I might self-destruct again. I might accidentally get addicted to drugs. It's probably not a good idea for me to be in bars, but stand-up comedy provided me with an opportunity to heal and redeem myself. I feel happy again. I don't feel alone. I feel like I have the ability to share things about myself that I spent a lot of my life thinking were only my issues and only my flaws. And what I have found through stand-up is that we're all walking around thinking those exact same things. Comedy is a way to process pain is everything that I love about comedy. <sighs> Fuck. And so my goal when I do a comedy show is to make someone else feel like they're not alone. y'all i'm uncle drank star of the ballad of uncle drank it is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me fictional golf and western country music pioneer uncle drank the series also stars luke wilson brian kelly chelsea lynn kinky friedman and billy zane as a talking blender named blendy you can find the ballad of uncle drank on sirius xm pandora stitcher or wherever you get your podcast